y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Good News Cast. Great to have you listening as always. We are fresh off Christmas, New Year's, full of energy. Uh, All right. Today, we're going to be talking about a little bit of like a, I don't know, random topic. And yet at the same time, I think like extremely relevant and significant to all of our lives and our churches. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll kick it off uh, with a quote. Jeff, you've been reading uh, Spiritual Depression by Martin Lloyd-Jones, yeah, which is one of my top five, top three books ever. Uh, incredible book. Hmm. Um, you had mentioned a quote that was really fascinating that I think is helpful to this topic. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting at the front cover, I can't remember the dude's name, but he basically said, this is like one of the greatest books ever written. So that kind of gets your attention, doesn't it? Uh, but I'm finding it to be absolutely in that top category. So he was, you know, it's a book on spiritual depression. It's a series of sermons that he actually did that started from scraps of reading the Bible. And his practice was he had a steady diet of reading the Bible. And when things would grab his attention, he would uh, fixate on whatever grabbed his attention and kind of think it out and, and listen more intently to it. Jot some notes down, and that's how he would read the Bible. We started noticing that all those places for the past year or so that he had been caught with this aha had to do with this topic of joy and the opposite of joy of being despairing. And uh, that's what actually led to the sermon series, led to the book. Um, And so it's a fascinating, unbelievable book with some great passages. But the quote that got me is that he was saying that the New Testament letters assume that people are in a despairing place and needing to get to a place of joy in the Lord. And he's talking specifically about Christians. And um, so it got me thinking, it gets us thinking that the New Testament addresses people that are full of holes, particularly holes of discouragement, despair, brokenness, and uh, are needing faith and joy Uh, to come into their life, Uh, not that they already have it. And even as a Christian, that that's the place, that's the starting place. It assumes that the New Testament wants to reach uh, people that are naturally prone to unbelief and doubts and despair and discouragement and uh, wants to, in a sense, lift them up out of the sinkingness of it and give them hope and comfort and joy. So that led to uh, our discussion, right, about um, maybe what the projection that the church might be projecting Mm -hmm. in terms of everything is awesome as the Legos Mm -hmm. movie goes, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everything is awesome. Uh, Is that necessarily a healthy uh, place to start? But even more than that, we could talk about health and and spiritual health and spiritual unhealthiness to we're blue in the face, but is it real? Mm-hmm. Like, is it a real place to start? Mm-hmm. And obviously, if it's not real, it's not healthy. But uh, that's a more fundamental... I think if Jones was here, he would say, I don't care what you feel, and I don't care even what you think. He would say something like in this book, because now that I've 
about three quarters of the way through, he's basically saying it's what what's true. It's the truth that's going to set you free. It's reality that matters. Your feelings and your thinking and your experiences are going to need to conform to that to be any help to you at all and healthiness to you at all. So what what kind of got me talking about this and I was talking about this before we started recording um, was the idea that I think that in the church, and I'm just saying this like as a Christian who's now been in the thick of church since, well, since really I grew up in it, but especially paying attention since high school. Yeah. So speaking from obviously just a ton of experience of being a Christian in the church and in church community, which I love and am committed to forever. Um, uh, I see a lot of times and, and even as I say this, it kind of makes me wince cause I go, Oh no, like how have I uh, contributed to this? Yeah. But I see uh, this sounds harsh and I don't, I don't even necessarily mean it this harsh, but a lot of just kind of like phoniness with with among Christians and in kind of Christian communities sometimes uh, regarding um, what what's maybe going on in their life or what they're thinking or what they're feeling. Like for me, a lot of times it's like, hey, what are you actually thinking and what's actually uh, making you say this or that? Yeah. Or uh, what's actually going on right now in our relationship This that we have, this friendship or this pastor congregant relationship, you know, just a a lot of times, um, that sort of thing. Like one example of this kind of, I think sometimes kind of phoniness in the church is, um, I think a lot of times you see it nowadays with church plants. Like when, when a church plant comes to town and they start marketing on social media or whatever, if I had a dime for every time they said the word excited, you know, Uh, I'd be like Rockefeller status. It's like, there's something about like, whoa, you know, I want to be excited too. You know, uh, if we put in biblical language, it's just like, yeah, I want pure joy all the time, you know? And that's what, that's what, you know, uh, the new heavens and the new earth, new earth will be right. No sadness, no tears, like pure joy. Yeah. All the time. I want that too. But also I, you know, it kind of starts to make you go like, I call, you know, I, that can't possibly, you can't possibly be that excited. There's <laughs> right. just no way, right. you know, um, right, right. I attended a, a church plant, uh, Sunday service when we were out of town and, um, and, uh, and really appreciated, like they were seeking to teach the Bible. They took communion and like seemed like super sweet, genuine people. Uh, and thankfully, what something did not happen that I was afraid of. I was like dreading walking in because I was like, okay, this is a church plant. And they're probably gonna have like banners and signs outside and like 17 greeters, you know, who couldn't be more excited to meet me yeah. and couldn't be more excited that I'm there. You know what I mean? And uh, I was dreading it because it was like, I'm gonna have to try to match their energy. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the reality is like, I'm not sad this morning. I'm happy to be here, but I'm just not at that level. I'm not at that level. The level of like, did, did some medication just kick in, you know, that's like borderline overdosing on like what, (laughs) 
Did you slam like three Celsius drinks before this? Like that's not where I'm at. A Red Bull. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. You know. Anyways, my point there is that like I love the intention behind it. This like right. like at Redeemer we need to do. We know that we t- we talk about this. Like we yeah. need to do so much better at yeah. like welcoming someone to our church. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, but it can sometimes come across. You know, like are you that excited? Are you that joyful? Is this real? Is this real? Because I've never been anywhere else on the planet like this. And I know that you and I live in the same world and we have the same kind of struggles, whether it's with job or family or friends or whatever. Um, You you know, even in, I remember even in the sermon that that we heard, uh, there was a part of it about finances and, and the preacher from beginning to end God bless him, had an energy level, you know, that was just the most like hyped, intense, like hmm. craziness, not anger intense, but just, yeah. you know, like hype. Yeah. But in the midst of it, he was vulnerable about, vulnerable about like financial struggles and worries that he had, which I super appreciated. Hmm. But again, even there, there was almost like this little disconnect of like, well, wait a minute, if that's actually what's going on, like, how are you so hyped right now perpetually, you know, like... Huh. It was almost yeah. like there was a disconnect between reality and what was being projected. Yeah. You know, and before we record, we talked about this. So I don't really necessarily have a point here other than um, one thing I love about Redeemer is for all of our weaknesses and we just have, you know, look up to the stars and see how numerous <laughs> they are, you know, right. so shall your your faults be yes, at Redeemer. Right, right. For all of them, one uh-huh. one strength I think we have is like, we're pretty authentic. Like when someone goes and, and particularly even on a Sunday morning, you know, mm-hmm. like when someone goes on stage, it's just like, no one's trying to put on a show. Like yeah. if the song screws up, if, you know, if you like, yes, the miss, preacher, the liturgy, yeah, just whatever. all of that. Like if you yeah. mess up, it's like nobody really, like everyone will kind of laugh, but it doesn't like change anything. Yeah. Cause I do think one of our, one of the positives here is that, everyone just kind of knows that we're kind of bumbling people just kind of bumbling through life. And now we're here to worship and do this like insane thing together called worship and singing to God and praying. And we all kind of know we're like bumbling idiots. And so when bumbling idiot stuff happens, we're like, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, So it's like, that's one thing I love about Redeemer. Um, Of course we have our own phoniness. Correct. I'm not, you know, correct. um, So do you think, so do you think that the, um, I mean, what is that like? Is it a uh, is it a projection that people think that's what um, is needed, or uh, is attractive, or uh, you know, I you know, my favorite mentor in seminary used to always say he'd 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 start off when we were at a particular point in time in church history, and he would talk about you know you missing something. And uh, he would get really into, like, do you feel like you're missing something in your Christian life? And of course, every future pastor there that's being trained is like, you know, uh, looking around like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And really, like, spent some time on drawing out this God-shaped, God-sized hole in the soul and um, this incompleteness and this imperfection and this brokenness. And you're just like, okay, okay. And then he goes, do you know what you're missing? And then he would say, you're missing glory. (laughs) 
right? Mm-hmm. Like you were made for glory. Yeah. So it makes sense that you're going to be this way. But mm-hmm. his point was, because we were doing the first and second awakening, he was saying what started to happen in the second awakening is that people were telling you what you're missing and it wasn't glory mm-hmm. and they had the goods to help you. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I wonder how much of what we're talking about is rooted in the sense that uh, it's what the culture or it's what people think they're missing. And instead of starting maybe at the place that Jones is starting with, and he says that the scriptures are starting with, that you're broken and you're full of holes and the gospel is good news Mm -hmm. and trusting it, faith in that and experiencing the joy that's really coming from revelation and coming from Jesus ultimately, uh, that that's the place, that journey, Mm -hmm. that journey right there, that that's the place of authenticity and that's the place that really connects with people. But if we don't start there and we start as if we're hyped, is that real? Mm -hmm. Right. And maybe it is, maybe, you know, there's times where, you know, you are there. Fantastic. Um, but I guess what we're trying to get at and scratching below the surface is why does that seem to be the pervasive atmosphere culture uh feel that churches are trying to communicate or project project out there yeah yeah and i think going back to that quote it's that like i think we probably have a hard time admitting that we don't have this heavenly new heavens new earth perfected joy and peace yeah you know and some of it could even boil down to a superficial, like we just want to grow our church. Like we just want people to stay here. And in order for them to stay here, we need to present to the, the something to them that we know that none of us really have, which is this like insane, unrealistic excitement all the time. So right? is that it? Is that, I mean, is that what, is that what people are hungering for or whether it's real or not, yeah. is that what people are wanting like culturally, are people wanting this? I mean, look at our social media. Are people wanting to project happiness? Or are they wanting to fake it till they make it? What? I mean, I've been wrestling with this. I'm trying to think. Yeah. What What do you think are the, like, as we're whiteboarding yeah. here live in front of everybody, what are the underlying driving impulses behind this? Why does... I can easily see, like, I can easily see a church planner, and I can easily see churches that want to grow, pastors that want to grow their church, and realizing that the culture is into uh, influence and um, popularity and being liked. Mm -hmm. And so if this is, if projecting happiness and projecting excitement and projecting is a way for that to happen, okay, great. Mm -hmm. Is that the only explanation, though, to what's happening? Or is there other explanations? Yeah. I mean, I think there's almost like two things here, which is like one, we could go down that rabbit trail of like, yeah, if you're a new church and you're trying to like get people or your established church and you're still trying to grow, Yeah, you know, I, I was watching an Instagram of this pastor who's blown up on social media, huge mega church, you know, and he was pitching their next sermon series. Like it was a new church and he was desperate for like the 10th member. You know what I mean? So New church, old church, doesn't matter. I think if you're trying to project that, like, everything's amazing and exciting, and then the next best thing is right around the corner in this new sermon series and yada, 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 you probably are assuming, like, I almost wonder if in that you're assuming, 
hey, we know you think and expect church to be super boring, but don't worry. This is a new, we've figured out the secret sauce where church isn't boring, right? Yeah. Um, But even underlying in that is that it's like, yeah, I I don't, I mean, I don't want to be bored. I don't like to be bored. I want to, but what do I, what what do I want? I want a sense of satisfaction, deep joy, happiness. Like as you were saying that, I'm thinking on the personal level, like what does our culture seem to want? Literally what was coming to my mind was everything that's also the fruit of the spirit. Like people would say, I want joy. I want peace. Yeah. I'd like to be a more loving person and feel loved. I'd like to be more kind to people. Yeah. You know, it's like the bottom line is like our hearts are aching for what only the spirit can give us. Um, and that's where, again, this kind of like wild conversation we're having here of just what I've been like ruminating on a little bit is that it's like, yeah, the the fruit of the spirit and what we actually want isn't an unrealistic hype of excitement that we all know is just not sustainable and real in normal life, right? But we do want and we do proclaim, like you said, that what what the New Testament is literally trying to constantly deliver to us is a joy unspeakable. You know, what Christians offer to the world is, um, you know, you can go through an insane tragedy and, and somehow still have peace, like an unspeakable trauma, an unspeakable tragedy. I remember, I mean, just a quick, my son got sick a couple weeks ago and he got this like abscess in his throat and it, we literally went from fine to where it being going to the hospital have no idea how long we're going to be there my wife told me it had an extremely high mortality rate now i think that's because a lot of times people don't catch it once you do catch it i think it's got an extremely high recovery rate right but i remember being in the hospital i do i'm terrible at hospitals i don't like it i don't want to be there i want nothing to do with any of it um but I remember almost like reflecting on myself and going like, I've been sad and really down and really melancholy. I'm, I'm literally just trying to white knuckle through this experience, watching my seven-year-old suffer, you know, suffer or just be bored out of his mind, strapped to stuff where he like can't even go pee. You know, he's like, uh, cause he's like strapped all this stuff. Right. And I remember reflecting on myself going like somehow, like I still trust in God mm-hmm. somehow. I, I have like a measure of peace. Somehow I have a measure of joy right now. Somehow I, I'm as, as much as I hate being in hospitals, I have a measure of respect and love for all of the nurses who come in. And do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like this, it's truly the opposite of tooting my own horn. Because if yeah. I really reflect on who I am, I would have been like, no, 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 no. I'm going to be a total jerk. I, yeah. Trust me, I know myself, right? I'm going to be like really mad at God for this experience. Like, if I know myself and if I would have expected it, it would have been the opposite, but yet I'm reflecting on it going like, how do I have like any sense of joy or peace? Hmm. My point there is to say that like what Christians are giving to the world is not this like phony facade of happiness and everything's awesome and everything's great. And we're so excited about everything all the time. And I have no fears or anything. No, no, no. Hmm. I'm extremely fearful for my son right now. Yeah. And simultaneously God is the only explanation for this. The salvation he's given me is the only explanation. The hope of new heavens and new earth, his providence, his power, sovereignty. Somehow, because of all that, I also have like a sense of peace and joy simultaneously. Right. So I'm not excited to be here, you know, (laughs) 
and I'm going to be exhausted when I walk into church on Sunday and yeah. I'm probably not going to be excited then either, but I do have joy. Explain yeah. that. Only Christianity can explain it. Oh yeah. No, that's excellent, bro. And that, and I think that's kind of pushing into the, the bottom line point of all this. And, uh, we were made for it. We were made to be ourselves. We were made to fully connect with God, fully connect with each other, fully connect with this world, right? And uh, we don't mm -hmm. because of sin. Mm -hmm. And we don't because everything has been rent. And Jesus, the second Adam, the true Israel, the true son of man, uh, took you, me, this world on his shoulders and takes us to glory. So there is hope. But I guess what we're trying to get at is that's a storyline of death and resurrection. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be the storyline, not only of Jesus, but also of the Christian life. And so maybe uh, in this emphasis of lacking the death part, if you don't grasp the death part, do you really grasp and experience the resurrection mm -hmm. part? I don't know. Um, and maybe we're afraid to grasp the death part so that we, we pretend that we're doing better than we are. Mm -hmm. And it actually puts up an unnecessary barrier to us actually experiencing, mm -hmm. uh, a joy unspeakable mm -hmm. or a joy that's given and received as opposed to achieved and attained. Um, anyhow, yeah, didn't realize that, we would have this much on this topic actually when yeah, we started. It's that come as you are, yeah. right? Like remember Grady, we were going to church one day, one of my sons, he's like, man, church is boring. You know, I think the phoniness that like I have to fight is I want to be like, no, it's not. It's so awesome. You know? Right. <laughs> and I, I think the right. last time I said, yeah, I, I know, bud, like I'm bored sometimes in church too. Yep. I know, you know? There it is. That's yep. that's just I'm just being honest with you. And then yes, then I could then then I theologically lecture him for thirty minutes about why it's boring because we're so sinful and fallen. You know, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right. He's like, Dad, I just want to say I'm bored. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And I think like the vast majority of Christians would be like, yeah, I'm bored. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, but but if we admit that, right, and we go mm -hmm. like, yeah, and I like, there's probably something there that I really need to like experience death and resurrection to, like, yeah, crucify that part of me raise me up again, give me life. But we have to start there to go like, this is my authentic, true self. Yeah. What I'm really thinking, what I'm really feeling so that, you know, um, we can at least identify it. Yeah. Uh, and, and then experience kind of like a joy and peace on the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's that sense, like the passage we're going to do this Sunday is, you know, uh, Peter, the storm happens. Jesus is walking towards them and of course they freak out and they think it's a ghost because they can't you know they don't fully understand who he is mm -hmm. and that's what we kind of do right mm -hmm. we don't fully understand who he is so we create all these little ghosts oh it's a ghost mm -hmm. um but then when when jesus speaks there's some clarity about who he is and then peter has enough clarity i mean imagine this kind of faith oh oh tell me to come join you on the water, man. You're the one that walks on the sea. You're the one that walks on all the chaos and all the dark powers. You tread, you tread and trampled and bruised the head of the serpent, right? 
and sin and everything. And Peter gets a glimpse that this is you. Tell me to come out. And uh, Greek fans, it's a first class condition clause. So he assumes it's true. It is you. Mm-hmm. Is it you? And it is you. Tell me to come out. So he comes out and it's great. Right. And then he starts looking. He mm-hmm. starts looking at the, the storm. And I think that dynamic of him actually looking at the waves and taking in what's really true about who he is and what's happening drives him to, he starts sinking in himself Mm -hmm. and he quickly calls out to Jesus and Jesus grabs him. Mm -hmm. But I think maybe what we are avoiding the most is actually realizing we're sinking so that we can experience uh, grace that comes from the outside in as opposed to keep trying to manufacture something and produce something and manage something and control something and project something that we never really face the truth of what's going on, our helplessness, our need, mm-hmm. uh, our, our lack of seeing Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's a ghost. And, uh, and then in the process, we never get to see and experience, well, he's at work, right? He's going to make you see that you're sinking. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a matter of time, right? Till yeah. you start sinking. Yeah. Maybe we just need to be a little more honest about the sinking so that we can actually experience more of him taking hold of you and right. pulling you up. Right. Man, I mean, that that's even like a great picture too. Cause I'm just thinking about even walking to church on Sunday, right? We go like, Hey, in this area, this area I'm sinking, you yeah. know, and we all are like, this isn't about, there, there's not an assumption here that all of us in the totality of our lives are always sinking and depressed. That's not the right. point at all. Right. But in every area of our life or in, in every one of our lives, there's an area at least where we're like, man, I really feel like I'm sinking here. Yep. Whether that's I'm scared, this feels out of control, I don't know what to do, this is, you know, right? Whatever it is. Um, but it's like, if you admit that, the point is not to admit it and then dwell on it. Because um, that can almost be its own phoniness. Like, oh, I'm okay. just Eeyore, like, sad, everything's horrible. Uh, like, well, that's kind of fake too, because not everything's horrible, right? right? Whatever. But hey, I'm sinking. Now, now you have the opportunity to go, okay, we'll look up for a savior right? Like, great. You're now in the perfect position to yeah. look up to the savior. That's it. You know, so it's like come into church on Sunday and go like, yeah, I am sinking here. I am sinking here. I'm super happy to this Sunday. For some reason this Sunday, I'm like dragging a bit. This Sunday, we just had a huge fight with my kids, getting them ready. And like, I'm pretty frustrated. I'm sinking here. Cool. You identified it. You can't pull yourself up. You can't help yourself. So it's time to look away hmm. to the savior. It just gives another opportunity to look to the true source of joy and peace. and Yeah, it's good stuff. There's a lot here. We keep going, but uh, hopefully something in the last 25, 26 minutes was helpful. And then if not, uh, you didn't pay for this podcast, uh, it was free. So until next time, peace. <laughs>